It's Cape Ann Report, and I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Our topic is Gloucester Charter Review. Here with me as guests, I have Meredith Fine, the treasurer for 21st Century Gloucester, Ruth Pino, the chair of 21st Century Gloucester, and Joanne Senos, the city clerk of Gloucester. Welcome to Cape Ann Report. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you on such an important issue, the Gloucester Charter Review. I guess my first question to uh, the three of you is, what is the Gloucester Charter and why does it need to be reviewed? So who wants to take that one? Meredith? Meredith. (laughs) This is the Gloucester City Charter, or a reasonable facsimile of it. It's the constitution of the city of Gloucester. It's the document that governs how the city is governed. And so it lays out the form of government, in our case, mayor, city council, and school committee, and then lays out what their powers are, and um, then in some minute detail, how, how the government is run. And so this is the city charter. Somebody else can talk about, if they want, why we need to... Uh, Review it. Well, you're running 21st Century Gloucester, which is a, uh, a committee that you've created to jumpstart this city charter review. Well, we should always be looking at how our government is structured and how it represents us, everyone who lives here and votes here and pays taxes here. And uh, the, to look at it comprehensively based on today's needs and having a vision for the future. So it was just time. Um, It was done 40 years ago and done again 35 years, 30 years ago. And we just need to do it again. So what's driving you? What's the driving force behind the two of you and why you're here to talk about the charter? I know that it's necessary to review it. And uh, it sounds like it's time uh, with all these decades going, going by without a full revision process. But um, why why do you think that it's important to do this right now? I know it, it needs to be updated and technology-wise, but um, what's the driving force? Do you think, you know, for our viewers, what, what, what will help them to understand why this is such an important thing to do? Well, because it's such a long process, which is mandated by the state, and I'm sure Joanne can speak to that. Joanne, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone has to do it. I kept hoping someone would step forward Somebody in the last five or seven years. <laughs> and it just haven't happened. And I think, I think uh, it's somewhat intimidating to think about the process of even getting the question on the ballot this November and the process of a charter commission being elected and then the process of, of public review and then how it happens three years later to get it on the ballot, any recommended changes. So you just have to start have to start the process. Yeah, you have to start the process. But I, I do want to say um, that this is, I just want to say a few words about Ruth. Um, she and I were at a city council meeting, just as we do, and she turned to me one night and said, I want to do something about the charter. And I said, all right, I'm in. We didn't really understand what we we're doing. <laughs> but I just want to say how grateful I am uh, that somebody of Ruth's ability and commitment and vision decided to take this on. She's a former president of the chamber and the Rotary Club and a respected realtor. Sometimes it feels like she knows every single person in the city. <laughs> and she's just the right person to be doing this. Yeah. So the leader, the, the, the champion, um, is what 
is what is, has been needed. Let's talk about the process. I mean, we have Joanne here, Joanne Senos, as a, the city clerk of the mm-hmm. uh, city of Gloucester. And the process, as Ruth said, is, very, is, is it's, long. It's a long process. And it, they're just at the beginning of starting the, the petition to uh, bring a revision forward uh, to, to the, the voters. Mm-hmm. What about this process? And why is it so cumbersome? Or why is it so long? Well, it's mandated by the state. So sometimes, as you know, when we go by state law, it's a long, drawn-out process. Um, the petitioning is there are charter revision petitions um, that is provi- that are provided by the state, and they sent to the city clerk, and then I, in turn, give them to the committee or the people who are collecting the signatures. Um, based on Massachusetts law, they would need at least 15% of the last um, state primary election, which is about 3,300 signatures. Okay, They have up until July of 2019, I believe it's either the 25th or the 26th, um, to provide us with the signatures. And once they inform us that they no longer collecting signatures and declare that whatever signatures they submitted for certification um, has ended, then we have 10 days to certify the signatures. And after the 10 days, we turn it over to city council. City council has to vote um, in order to, um, they have to allow 30 days after they receive the certification of the board of registrars um, to order the ballot, the question on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And because you are, uh, your job is to do elections in the mm-hmm. city, that's why you're so critical to this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be putting a referendum on the ballot yeah. for the voters of Gloucester to decide whether or not they want to go ahead with a charter revision, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so there's a difference between a charter review which can be done by a charter amendment, a charter amendment, mm-hmm. and this, which would be a charter revision. So, can can it doesn't matter who who would like to so, talk about the differences. So, what would be considered a revision, for example, would be to increase the term of the mayor for it. And this example. is and this is what you're proposing to do with well, this I'm, petition? Not, we don't have any proposals on, into how it should be revised, but I'm just giving right. an example of the mayor is currently at a, at a two-year term. Right. So uh, the 10-year re- review process, which is provided for in the existing charter and by the state, couldn't make that kind of change. That kind of change has to happen through this election process, through this public review process, and the public is the one who would say, yes, we'd like to have a four-year term for the mayor. Or staggered terms for the city council, for example, or staggered terms for school committee to prevent what's happened a couple of times in the last 10 years where five or six members of the city council and or the school committee were new all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So as an example, if you had staggered terms, that wouldn't happen. But that change cannot take place with just what is called the 10-year review process, it has to go through this other. Yes, it's called a revision process, but our goal is to provide the elected charter commission with the option of revision by reviewing the entire charter. Right. We, we could have, we had two paths we could have taken. 
there are two ways to revise a charter. One is to to go to the state legislature, go through the city council and go to the state legislature and do what's called a home rule petition. That's one way to do it. But we chose the harder way. Um, getting the signatures is not easy, but we felt very strongly that this is government of the people, by the people. This is the most transparent way to do it, where we go out, we involve the community. Um, as Ruth says, a charter commission of nine people will be elected to review the charter. We'll all be open, all be local, and that's, that's how we felt it should be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of it being con- the decision concentrated in the city council, the mayor, and then the state rep taking it to the state legislature to be approved changes that wanted to be um, revisions to the charter. This uh, opens it up to the voters, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, what everybody really wants. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it really gives all 20,000 registered voters the opportunity to have their voices heard with the nine charter commission members um, who, and they could uh, actually affect some change. So could we talk about the nine member? Could I just add? Yes, please. Okay. Um, also, I just want to mention under the city charter, section 10.1, um, every 10 years they're required to do um, to have a charter review and through the ONA committee and um, also propose any amendments. And they could be small amendments by changing a title of, a, of an office or um, requirements which have in 2011 when that took effect was adding um, electronic email um, on like the annual report instead of publishing a local newspaper, the full report, anything that's adopted or um, also we could use the alternative as posting it on our website and that would satisfy that requirement. So it is reviewed every 10 years on the year ending zero, um, but they're, they're minor amendments. Mm-hmm. They're minor amendments, but it helps to keep the process moving yes. to fix things and to up, update. Yes. It sounds like that's a, it's a good time to update um, and create these amendments. But as we've been talking about, this is a totally different type of um, well, it action. Opens, it opens the options to a charter commission to make real change. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the charter commission, uh, this nine-member committee or commission um, that it would be elected by the people um, via this ballot in 2019. Is that how it works? Let me go back for a second, if I may. So there are two local elections that matter here. November 19, which is this coming November, we would have a ballot question that says, do you want to review the charter? And at the same time, elect nine commission members. Oh, so that would be done at the same, at the same time, time on the 2000, November 2019 and ballot. And then the revisions, if there are any, we don't know, but if there are any revisions to be proposed by the commission, then that would be on the ballot of 2021. And so when Ruth talks about what a da- Ruth and Joanne talk about what a daunting process is, when we first started and we realized how daunting it was, uh, we were like, wow, four years is a long time. But for Ruth and me, we're only seeing it as a two-year process for us, that we just want to, we and all the volunteers who are helping us, we just want to get the review question on the ballot. We would like to see nine qualified people run. I'm sure more will run. And then she and I are done. Um, we've, we've done our part. 
and then it's up to the commission to hold hearings. They would hold hearings. Presumably they might hire a consultant. Um, and then um, whatever they propose would have to go first to the state for review. A couple of state agencies uh, would have to review. Would the attorney general have yes. to review? Yes, the attorney general and the Department of um, Community and Housing. Right. Mm-hmm. So go to the state for review, a preliminary report, and then the commission would keep having hearings. It would all be very open. And then a final report would be mailed to uh, every household, every vo- registered voter's household yes. uh, in the city. And then in 2021, and then there would be a vote. What would a public hearing address, for instance? What, what would well, this? Um, I worked for the Charter Commission back in the early 1970s. <laughs> and um, uh, it's really open. You know, people just come and say, here are my ideas. It, there's no set agenda. The Charter Commission would not say, uh, here's, here's what we want to do. What do you think about that? They, they are saying to the public, we want your ideas. You, we want you to come forward and tell us what you think the city mm-hmm. charter should look like and what are maybe some of the things that you've observed or you've been involved in that you thought could have been done better and how do you propose that could work? And then the Charter Commission deliberates, um, and obviously we've elected them to make good decisions, but then the final decision is up to us as voters in the end to say yes or no to their recommendations. So that election in 2021 would have the uh, re- revisions mm-hmm. um, on the ballot mm-hmm. so that voters could look and see what they would be voting on mm-hmm. and that those revisions would be <clears throat> decided in a public, the public hearing, the public forums and reviewed by the commission. I would anticipate spirited debate, <laughs> spirited debate. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm hoping for a really wonderful discussion about how, how the city runs, what's the best Gloucester government to have. People will have strong opinions. I'm sure they will. And that's that's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And and um, but we've had a number of people thank us for doing it, because it is daunting a bit to take this on because of the number of signatures we need just to get it on the the quite just to get the idea of review on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should be hard. Otherwise, Frankly, I think it would happen more often. Yeah, it should be hard to change the government. It should be hard to change the government. Right, because which you don't is the want, reason. you know, every time somebody's angry about something, you don't want them you to be able to go to in and either. reopen the city's constitution. Right. right. So it should be hard. Um, and I have to say, and I don't know if you've had the same experience, um, but I haven't really had, the people who have been signing the petitions, they get it. There, people are like, oh yeah, give me the. Where do I sign? I mean, this is. So when you bring it up, the uh, uh, the Gloucester Charter review, people are saying, yes, we need to review the charter. They really are. We need to get that happening. Um, regarding voters, people who are signing the petitions that are out and about in the community right now, right? There's. Oh, a, we've got about what do you think? Twenty five volunteers. Mm-hmm. There's active uh, solicitation of, of signatures uh, on these petitions, so they're out there. Um, but, Joanne, you have an important piece around voter registration and voter voters who are thinking about signing mm-hmm. this petition. Um, yes. Like every voter needs to vote, uh, register to vote at a particular address um, that they choose to. 
And then what happens is that when they move and change their address, they don't usually inform the city for their voter registration. They might inform the city for other um, matters. So what happens is that when um, these volunteers go out for signatures, we have signatories who sign at an old address, but they've actually moved or a new address, and we can't match that up with the voter. So we have to disqualify that signature. So it's kind of important when you do have a change of address. Um, the post office does not inform us, and it doesn't qualify for us to change your address. We need a live signature, which is given the permission of the voter to change the address for the for the voting uh, list. And um, in one way, voters can check their address where they're registered to vote at if they haven't voted um, recently uh, through the Secretary of State's office. That will show your voter registration address and also your political party, which doesn't apply to this um, charter revision. There's no need of that. And also to um, the city clerk's office. You can come in or you can give us a call and we can look you up on the, on the system. So that's what usually disqualifies some of the signatures um, of not being um, certified because of the incorrect address. Great, and so you're you're aiming for 3,600 3,600, 4,000 in there. Signatures, and how many do you have now? Well, um, we have more than 1,000. We haven't turned them all in yet. Mm -hmm. um, but our hope was to end the year with at least 1,000, and then that would be a big dent in and now here we are in the dead of winter, and so it's not that easy. We're not going to stand at the train station or in front of Demoulis and, <laughs> and collect signatures at the moment. But, for example, we organized people for the Middle Street Walk, and we got a really good number of signatures there. We're going to be organizing people to go to hockey games and basketball games to, to kind of harvest signatures mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you. I've worked through all my friends and relatives already. <laughs> um, uh, so we need. So we're lucky. We're having. Should I mention? Can I mention Matt? Oh. Uh, a young man named Matt Murray has been helping. Really helpful because he's his career is in uh, politics, and so he's been really helping us get organized and and um, and keeping track of everything and moving us forward and sending out encouraging notes. And Good experience, so, yeah, right, for mm -hmm. any young person to be going through the process and being part of it, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people have been great, and like I said, we've had a, we have about twenty twenty five uh, volunteers who've taken petitions and carrying them around and. League of Women Voters. League of, oh, go ahead. Oh, the League of, League of Women, Women Voters. Voters has agreed to step in and help us with this process um, because it's not partisan. It's really about looking at the government as a whole, and um, yes. Joanne, did you want to say something? Oh, I just wanted to make a suggestion that the YMCA on Saturdays is <laughs> very busy. So if anybody wanted to go in there, well, I, just I, noticed that. I just rejoined. So. Oh, yeah. Good point. Because <laughs> on Saturday mornings, yeah. that is um, That's a really good idea. Influx of people going in and out if you wanted yeah. to get signatures. That's a fantastic idea. Thank yeah. you. Um, what what kind of reaction are you, are you getting? I, I know that we talked about the positive reaction, but... I'm wondering about uh, the natural skepticism that people would have in relation to a charter review, if they might not necessarily be um, 
educated or understand the process. So what kind what kind of uh, I think what, how are you dealing with other kinds of reactions? I actually haven't had any negative reaction whatsoever, but uh, I have had some of the volunteers tell me that they've had people question them. What's the motive? Who's, who's behind this? Um, what is it you want to change? And that's not, that's not, the, that's not the conversation. Um, and so they're just saying, no, it's, 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 it's time. It's about looking towards the future and just looking at our form of government and how we're governed to make sure it's in the best place it should be. Mm-hmm. Also, I've had people ask me, you know, what's your agenda? What's really going on here? And um, I, I, to a certain extent, I feel a little sad that they don't believe that people can just really do this. Um, without an agenda. Without an agenda. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I also think, too, given the, given the terrible atmosphere that we have today politically, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not saying one way or another, but I think it's objectively true that there's a very bad feeling about politics, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for the city to um, engage in civic growth together and and to be really positive and to see that they really matter, that what they want can happen, and that if people work together, they can get something that's that's better than what we have now, even if you like what we have now. It could always be better. Mm-hmm. And that segues beautifully into, after I started this process with Meredith, I was asked to be one of the tri-chairs for the Gloucester 400 celebration. And that describes exactly what our mission is from the Gloucester 400. Gloucester will be 400 years old in 2023. And it's possible that any revisions to the existing charter would happen in the election that takes place in 2023. So that wasn't the goal to have it all come together at the same time, but how perfect is that? Right. So it's a really positive way of looking at not, it doesn't mean change, it just means it, it's including all of the citizenry of Gloucester into this process of looking at our government and how we're governed mm-hmm. and in participating in the celebration of Gloucester in 2023. Right, because it's so vital to be able to participate in the process. And you feel better when you're participating in the process. And what a great culmination it would seem to me in November towards the end of the year, considering the 400 celebration is going to go on all year long. Um, that that would be a, a wonderful thing. It's to a 365-day event, if I may say. 365 so. And just day to uh, say, <laughs> our, our website's being launched over the weekend, and uh, stay tuned. And where can uh, viewers find out more information oh. about this? Are you? We have a Facebook page called 21st Century Gloucester, and mm-hmm. folks are, are um, invited to uh, read it. We have some material on there explaining what a charter is and how to change mm-hmm. it. Can they contact you through mm-hmm. that website? They can contact us, and um, we have an email address that I haven't checked in a while called um, gloucesterforward at gmail.com. And... Uh, People can Ruth's, sign up to Ruth's be... Ruth's phone number, is, I think, is on some of that literature. Yeah. So people can sign up to be volunteers for petitions yes. and go yeah. out and get oh, signatures. please. And, <laughs> and also learn more about um, the process and, and, and how things can change. Um, one, one more question about what's possible in terms of the day-to-day working of the city. 
you know, the, the revision can look at term limits like mayor, mayor at two years or moving it to four years eventually, of course. Um, but there are some day to day issues that are, are sometimes, um, inhibited through the current Gloucester charter that might be opportunities for revision. Do you have some examples of that? Well, if I may, mm-hmm. um, the charter can get very detailed. Um, and by the way, it is available on the city's website under um, the city's website. We'll put that up there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll have it right. But let me give you a couple of examples. The city attorney is required by the charter to be a full-time city employee. And some years ago, I can't remember how, how many, but the mayor at the time wanted to hire a firm called Copelman and Page to be the city's attorney. Copelman and Page is a extremely well-known municipal law firm with all kinds of expertise and experience. But the city charter didn't allow it. So now we have, we have a full-time city attorney. He's a very good attorney and a terrific fellow. But he has to hire consultants to do what Copelman and Page could have done for the city. And so that's one of those areas where it seems small, but it would have been so much more efficient for the city to at least have the option, option. Of, That's the key. of hiring option. hiring a firm. Yeah. Uh, another example, and then I'll stop. Um, there are a number of department heads who have to be approved by the city council every two years. I guess I can kind of see that. But, for example, the building inspector has to be um, approved by the city council every two years. Why? Why is that? That seems unnecessary. And I think that um, our building inspector is doing a terrific job. Why would any building inspector have to worry about every two years having to reapply for their job Mm -hmm. to the city council? Mm -hmm. There must have been a good reason for doing it then, but I don't see the reason for doing it now. Mm -hmm. The city charter is full of things like that. And this Mm -hmm. is where the public hearings are so important, so Mm -hmm. that the public can bring these issues forward to say, you know, I've had issues with this and this is in the city charter and, you know, I can, I can talk, you, it, it'll be that listening session that's necessary. Well, and let me just say one more thing. <clears throat> uh, so I'm an attorney and I, I do a lot of permitting in the city. I do a lot of work with the city. Um, so many of the reasons that the public gets frustrated with the city, they think it's the people. But it's actually the documents. It's the document. Mm-hmm. This, the zoning ordinance the city has hired, to their credit, a consultant to come and look at the zoning ordinance, which has really got a lot of inconsistencies. Um, so many of the city's documents are out of date, inconsistent, poorly written, and this is one of them. And so we're looking at the zoning ordinance. We're looking at so many of the other ordinances. We should look at this one. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, too, that the city auditor... And the city clerk, even though they're under the city council, gets reappointed every two years also. Mm-hmm. So and from an administrative perspective, the administration of a business, and the city is a business, has certain um, jurisdiction over their employees. And so to have to be approved by a, a, a legislative body just makes no sense. I mean, it's just another example. It's not all about the elected officials. There's a, a lot of sections of, this, of the charter that need to be looked at from today's perspective, not from the perspective of 
25 years ago or 40 years ago. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's a really important um, issue. And thank you for being on KPN Report to talk about it. I'm looking forward to having you back to give us an update on how the petitioning is going. Joanne Senos, a city clerk for a city of Gloucester, Ruth Pino, chair of 21st Century Gloucester, Meredith Fine, treasurer of 21st Century Gloucester. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me on Cape Inn Report. Until the next time on Cape Inn Report, take care.